One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 350 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know I've been teasing this episode for a little bit, so we're going to get right to it. And I just have to say, I'm really excited, and I hope you'll be excited too once I share everything that's going to be changing around here. And I will say this multiple times, but I just want to say it at the top of the episode. I would love to hear what you think, your questions, all that kind of stuff over on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. You can slide into my DMs there or send me an email support at veronicagrant.com if you are not hanging out on social media, which I have lots of respect for. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So over the past, gosh, my friends would probably say several years. To me, it probably feels most potent over the last six to 12 months, but I'm pretty sure my friends would say I've been feeling like this for several years. I've have been feeling like there's something else here. There's something else here, but I haven't figured out what it is. Now, my friend Veronica Preddy, who's an astrologist I've had on the show many times, I recently just did a reading with her and she looked at some things in my chart and she was like, this is why you feel this feeling all the time that there's something else, something else you're not doing. And so maybe I'll always be feeling like this, but I really do feel like it's been bubbling to the surface that there's something else I'm meant to be doing other than only love coaching. And I just didn't know what it was. I was like, do I just need to like stop doing my business and do something else and figure it out? Or am I on the right track? I just didn't know, right? I just really didn't know. And then actually the day of my birthday, December 31st, I my husband booked reservations at our favorite restaurant here in Cherry Hill. And it's Indie Blue, by the way, if you're in the area, like in Philadelphia, it's worth the truck. It's so good. Oh, my God. Anyways, so we had reservations. And yet we got there and we still had to wait 20 minutes. So go figure. Anyways, so we were standing there and my husband was trying to figure out like when we were going to get seated and all that kind of stuff. And I was just standing outside, kind of just staring off into space. And I just had one of those moments where I just had a huge 
download. And I always tell this to my clients, and I knew it'd be the same for me as well. I just didn't see it. Often the answer to like your biggest, most nagging question is like right there. (laughs) It's like right there in front of you, right at the end of your nose. And sometimes it's just, you can't see it because you're looking everywhere else for the answer or simply you're just not meant to see it, you know, in a previous time. And that's fine too. For me, I don't know what it was, but I just realized I am not talking about one of the things that I'm most passionate about. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm really passionate about the work I do with clients because I really believe that, and I've talked about this a lot on the show recently, I really believe that a lot of what we see in politics and the media landscape and all of that kind of stuff, it's very white supremacist. It's very patriarchal and sexist and misogynist. And sometimes we don't even see it because it's so normal. And so then those things show up in our love life and our relationships and our dating and who we meet online, all the behavior that we accept or think is quote unquote normal. And then we end up in shitty relationships and can't figure out why, right? And so I really, really believe that the more you can learn about how the patriarchy works and how it works both on the macro level, but then also on the micro level and how it affects you personally is so liberatory for your love life. And I'm very passionate about it. And I think what I'm also, I don't know, I'm not going to sit here and try to rank it because I don't really know. I think it's just different. But what I'm also very, very passionate about is money and specifically personal finances. I am really passionate about it. I think a lot of the same things that show up in your love life is very, very similar, if not the exact same to what shows up when you log into your bank account, or when you're trying to figure out what to do with your money or that bill or save this or pay off debt first or whatever it is. So I want to just back up for a second because I am going to be talking a lot more about money in my business, not necessarily on the podcast, but I'm going to talk about that in a second, you know, so you'll see how it all works out and how it's going to shake out and how it'll affect you and all that kind of stuff. But I just want to back up for a second. I've always actually been really good at money, which kind of goes against what I've been saying a lot on the show, because I, I say that we teach we need to learn. And I really do believe that. I believe there's a reason why I am a love and relationship coach, as opposed to like a productivity coach, right? Like for productivity, I'm like, I don't know, make a to-do list and just do it. Like it comes very naturally to me. I'm very good at being productive. I'm very good at getting through my to-do list. I really don't have a problem. I can work pretty efficiently. And so when someone tells me that they can't and they want my help, I'm like, I don't know, I'm really not your best person. I I don't have to tell you, just do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like not super helpful, right? But when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, and you want to reach out to the person who's being an asshole still, or you can't get over this person that you know is not right, like I've been there. I know what that's like, and I can relate to you. And then I can coach you from that place, which in my mind is so much more effective. Right. And so me being really good at personal finances kind of goes contrary to that, right? I've always been really good with money. I started babysitting really young, probably like 11 or 12. And I wasn't like necessarily being left to the kids, but like I would, I would, there was this one house that I would go to, I think almost every day after school. And I was like mother's helper, right? I would, I would get off the bus at this person's or this family's house and I would play with the kids so that the mom could, I don't know, you know, make the food or clean the house or do whatever she was, was doing in the afternoons. And over a lot of a long period of time, I actually ended up saving a lot of money because what I would do is I would take the money 
I literally have no idea how much they pay me. I think it was probably $5, maybe $7 an hour, probably $5 an hour. But I did that every day for I think like a couple of years. And so over time, you know, that adds up, especially when you're like 11 or 12, and you don't have rent to pay or anything like that. And so what I did is I would take that money, and I would divide in half. So let's say I walked home with 20 bucks, I would put $10 into my quote unquote, savings jar or savings account in my in my room, which was the jar. And then the other half, I could do what I want. So I could go to the movies with my friends, I could buy clothes, I could go to Claire's and limited Two, which are all the things that I did back in the 90s, all of those things. And I ended up acquiring a lot of money. And so by the time I was, and I kept getting more and more babysitting jobs. And so by the time I was, gosh, probably like 14, 15, my mom had told me about this peer group, uh, like this high school peer group that she went to Europe with. And so that kind of got me interested in finding some sort of travel peer group like that. And the same organization, it's called People to People that she went to Europe with in, I guess, probably the 60s or 70s or whatever it was, probably the 60s. She was in high school. They had a local chapter where I grew up in North Carolina, and that group was going to go to Australia. And I was like, wow, that sounds cool. I would love to go to Australia. And so I asked my mom if I could go to Australia. You know, I was like, cuz, you know, you got to go to Europe with this group. So can I go to Australia? And my mom was basically like, no, she's not paying for that because it was pretty expensive. I want to say it was probably like $5,000. And again, this was back in the 90s. So 5000 meant a lot, was a lot different than it is today. And I was like, well, what if I can pay for half of it? And she was like, sure, kind of thinking like, yeah, good luck coming up with $2,500. So I was like, great. And I think I was, we were in the living room having this conversation. And so I ran up to my room. I counted out my money. I I had 2500 I ran downstairs, handed her a big <laughs> wad of cash. And I was like, here you go. So you'll pay the other half, right? And she was like, like her eyes were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what did I just get myself into? Long story short, she was not expecting me to have the money. I did have the money. And so I got to go on this trip to Australia when I was 16. And then fast forward quite a few years, I just finished grad school in my mid-20s. I really didn't have very much money to my name other than my leftover savings account, or not savings account, my leftover student loan money, which I think was like three or 4000 at the time, but it wasn't even technically my money. I bought a couple of Suzu Orman books. I bought Rumi Sethi's book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, which I love and I highly recommend. And I just learned everything I needed to know about personal finance because it was one thing to get extra money as you know, a teen growing up or even a college student where someone else was paying a lot of my expenses or a loan was paying my expenses versus now I was getting this paycheck and it felt like a lot of money, except I had to figure out, okay, but how much for rent, how much for groceries, how much for my car, how much to save, all that kind of stuff. So working through those books, I loved doing it. I became obsessed with doing it. I read so many personal finance books, not because I needed I needed them. I just really liked reading them. And so all this to say is that I really love personal finance. It comes really easily to me. I could talk about budgeting. I could talk about credit cards, which credit cards to use, the miles or the points, the free ones or the paid ones. I could talk about investing. I could talk about 401ks and SEPs and IRAs and all of that stuff. And the non-retirement you know, retirement accounts. I, I could just talk about stuff all the day. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And there's this other side of money right? There's like 
the practical, tactical side of money that you'll see a lot of talking heads on, you know, news shows and Instagram and stuff talking about like, oh, if you put your $5 that you're buying your latte every day towards your retirement account, how much that, here's how much that equals in like 20 years and all this stuff that's just like very like surface level budgeting, personal finance, know-hows. However, the other side of that, it's not only the other side, but another aspect of that is your relationship to money, right? Because I think a lot of us, well, I shouldn't say that actually, I actually don't think a lot of us know what to do. Some people might know what to do with finances, but they don't. But regardless, is you have to look at your relationship to money. And even though I've been very good with money for as long as I can remember, my relationship to money was a whole different story. And the more that I've looked back and worked on my relationship with my money and worked on my relationship with myself and also through healing my relationship with dating and with men and relationships and all that kind of stuff, I began to see so many parallels and similarities between how I related to money and how I related to men. And I've talked about this relationship before on the show. So if you're a regular listener, this probably isn't super new to you. I've talked a lot about it before. And also one thing that I've always just found so fascinating from astrology is that, so each of the planets in astrology rule a different area. So for example, Mercury rules communication and travels. So that's why some people will say that when Mercury retrogrades, communication, emails, um, flights, all that kind of stuff can get backlog or delayed or miscommunication, all that stuff is like very Mercury retrograde typical, right? Venus rules both finances and money, and it rules love. And on a surface level, it's like, wow, those are two very different things. Like, why does one planet rule both of those things? And this is not an astrology lesson, by the way. This is just like furthering my point of how they're actually deeply related. And ultimately, Venus rules what you value. And a lot of times how we value ourselves and how we perceive our own self-worth is deeply reflective in how we relate to money and how we relate to men and what we are willing to accept. Now, I'm not talking about someone's one-time bad behavior that like, oh, that's a reflection of how you view yourself. Like, no, I'm not saying that. But if you perpetually find yourself in relationships where you are unvalued or undervalued, then at some point you do have to look at it and say, maybe this is a reflection of what I think I deserve, right? Of how I see myself, how I value myself. And same thing with money. And money is obviously very tied into, you know, sexism and misogyny and racism. So you can't just fully say like, oh, well, I've always been poor my whole life. So therefore that must be how I view myself. Like, no, I don't want to, it's not that black and white. It's not that clear pinpoint. However, I do think there is truth to it where if you find yourself perpetually in jobs where you are undervalued, underpaid, you are given way too much stuff to do, and you're not given a raise to compensate or overtime or any kind of other benefit, then at some point, again, it still is worth it to look. And again, there is systematic inequalities. I understand that it's very deep and layered. I'm not getting into all of that. That's a whole different podcast episode. But I do think it is worth asking yourself, why do I put up with this? Like, what is it about myself that I believe or don't believe 
you know, that I, you know, stay in these kinds of situations. Okay. So for example, with me, with dating, I always felt like time was running out and that there weren't enough men out there or there, or like, I always just had to like keep this one because, you know, I don't know when the next one will come along or maybe this is the best I can do. So it was, it was very like scarcity minded focused. Right. And my relationship with money was actually pretty similar. No matter how much money I had in my bank account, I always felt like it wasn't enough. I needed more in order to feel secure. And one of the most like stark examples that I can think of is when actually I first started this business back in 2015. I quit my job cold turkey. It's kind of a long story. I definitely wouldn't recommend it. If you're starting a business, don't do what I did. <laughs> um, But anyways, so I quit my job cold turkey. And so literally, it was like, oh my gosh, where's my next paycheck coming from? I got to get a client, right? And so I actually got my first client pretty quickly, which was pretty amazing. And I felt really great. And so then I remember thinking to myself, okay, when I get my fifth client, then I'm going to feel confident, then I'm going to feel really secure financially. And maybe even I'll treat, he was my boyfriend at the time, my now husband, to something because he was, you know, he was supporting me largely, not 100%, but largely during that time in our lives together. And of course, the fifth client came around the sixth client, the 10th client, the 15th client. And yet I still felt this like, I need another one, I need another client, it's never enough, it's never enough, it's never enough. And then it finally dawned on me that this was not about any number in the bank account. This was about my own relationship to money, my own relationship to abundance, my own relationship to scarcity that I had to heal in order to feel secure and to feel confident. It had nothing to do with the actual number in my bank account. And so I started putting two and two together and doing my own reflection and doing my own work around it. And then also seeing the same kind of pattern show up with my clients that how they related to love and how to get love and what it meant to them and what it made them feel. Again, very, very similar to money and all of those things. Now, sometimes it might not be so obvious. Like I feel like mine was a pretty like apples to apples kind of comparison for you. It may not be exactly as clear as that, although it might, right? Like if you have some people pleasing tendencies, you might overgive. You might not ask for a raise or a promotion or more money or negotiate because you feel bad or makes you feel icky or whatever, right? That's very, very similar to people pleasing patterns. Or you might loan money out, especially to someone that you're dating or in a relationship with, even if you don't really want to, or even you're not able to, but you do so anyways, because you would quote unquote, feel bad. So I do think it's worth looking at that. And so all that is to say is that my big announcement is that I am bringing more of these money conversations into my business, both practical, like should I save for an emergency fund or pay off my credit card, and also the deeper aspects in your relationship to money, which, you know, what I'm talking about right now. And I'm really excited about this because there's a lot of for lack of a better phrase, I'll just call them financial gurus, you know, that are telling you to stop buying your avocado toast or your lattes and save for retirement instead. And then there's like a lot of like, so there's like that side of things. And then there's like, a lot of like, money manifestors and money mindset people and da 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 da. And like, they're helping you with their your relationship to money and all that kind of stuff. But 
in my opinion, at least, it's not really grounded in reality because they don't know a goddamn thing about personal finance, or at least not a lot, in my opinion, about personal finance. So it doesn't feel very grounded, right? Because like that gets into a lot of self-blame. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. For example, like the whole concept and phrase money mindset, I actually loathe. Because when you think about money mindset, what that's really saying is that like, if you're poor or you don't have money or you're or you have a lot of debt or you're just in a bad financial situation whatever that is to blame that on your money mindset or the money mindset is the problem or the reason why you're there i think is so i don't know the word for it but we'll just say we'll just call it wrong it's so so wrong right because then that starts blaming poor people for being poor when they're not looking at the social systems both as race and also gender can play into that, which can cause a lot of not so great outcomes for folks, right? And so I want to combine the best of both worlds, because I do think financial literacy is super important for breaking out of generational and societal and socioeconomic patterns, right? So I'm really passionate about just hard, like, the hard facts, like the numbers and all that kind of stuff, education. And I'm also really passionate about your relationship to money. I'm not calling it money mindset, even though that's only three syllables versus relationship to money, which is kind of a mouthful. Maybe I'll come up with another phrase some point. But I'm really passionate about your relationship to money because I do think that matters, right? If, if money feels icky or weird or gross or confusing or overwhelming, then you're way more likely to miss bills or overspend or not invest and just like have it sit in a big account and not do anything, all of these things, right? So that's really where this passion for this new part of my business is going to come in. And just the logistical part. So the podcast is not really going to change that much. In February, I released quite a few episodes that were about money. I released two solo episodes that came up about money. And I'm not necessarily going to be doing that, especially for the solo episodes. Not to say that there won't be a money episode sprinkle in here and there, but it's largely going to feel the same. And then of course, if there are any people coming onto the show, or if you want to come onto the show and have me coach you around some of the more practical tactical side of your personal finances, or your relationship to money, or if there's like a money issue or financial issue coming up in your relationship, or you're not sure how to navigate money, and your relationship happy to do coaching episodes about that. But like, that's the most you'll see. 
the biggest change is actually really going to show up on Instagram. My goal is to have, I don't know, at least to begin with two or three, like really meaty financial education posts a week on my feed. And my Instagram is going to be 99% financial, personal finance from here on out. That's not really going to be a huge change because if you do follow me there, you know that I struggle to be consistent with relationship coaching there. And I think my reason for that, and I finally figured it out after talking about it with many, many people, is that for me, like when it comes to like relationship and dating coaching, I don't like to talk about the tactical, practical part of dating, as you all know, uh, because I do think it's like a deeper issue, a deeper story than that. And so it's hard for me to just say like, here are five red flags, which mean this or whatever. Like, it's just hard for me to have posts like that because I'm like, well, there's nuances and that might be a red flag for some people and not for others. And so I just start to get in my head. And I know some people do a beautiful job at even cutting through some of that nuance in Instagram, but that's just not really me when it comes to dating relationships. And I'm just owning it. I'm not trying to make it anything. And I'm just going to let it go, you know, but with the money coaching and the financial personal finance coaching there's actually a really practical, tactical side to those things, which I love talking about. And then even the more nuanced pieces, I'm actually really excited to be talking about that on Instagram. So I'm not very active there to begin with. So it's not going to be like a big change other than if you do follow me there, hopefully you'll see a lot more activity from me, from me but it's going to be only about money stuff. If you're not following me there, then make sure you do. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And I would love for you to follow along. The Really, the whole point is that I want it to be a conversation. You know, podcasts, as much as I love this podcast and this show, it really does feel like a one-way street because you're listening and you can't respond. You can't like ask questions. I mean, obviously you can send me DMs and emails, but it's, you know, it's it's not the same, right? Whereas with Instagram, my hope, my my idea, the intention is that, you know, there's a lot of interaction. I'm interacting with you in the comments. I'm doing those little question boxes, answering your questions, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. So it'll just be a much more of a interactive environment. I'm going to do some standalone posts and I might do, I'm planning at least doing some video posts as, as well. So like reels. Um, so I'll probably start converting my TikTok, which I'm like hardly even on anyways. I think there's like three followers there. So I might put some videos there on as well, but I'm really just focused on Instagram because that's That's where I hang out. And I know TikTok is all the rage these days, but honestly, I just, I can't be bothered with doing all the things. So yeah, that is the big shift. Um, And, you know, I just want to say, I I think I have a lot of expertise in this field already, but I do think it's important just to name and say, because I think it's really important that coaches get back into integrity with things because sometimes you know, some, some, some in the coaching industry are just kind of got off the rails in my opinion. Um, but I am completing or working on completing my personal finance coaching certification through the Financial Educators Council, which is one of the most respected organizations. Um, you know, I talked to some certified financial planners and some other folks that have um, more of the license from the state to like manage money and all that kind of stuff, because I thought maybe that's what I would do, but I actually don't really want to do that at all. And they all recommended this particular organization and their you know, and their credentials and their certifications that they have. So um, I do think it's important for, 
you know, coaches to be appropriately trained. And while personal experience does, in fact, I think matter and add to experience, it cannot be the only experience in my humble opinion. Um, So just wanted to name that. So again, podcasts will stay largely the same. You might notice some more money conversations. But, you know, if for anyone who missed this particular episode, listening to my podcast, they may not notice a huge difference. Um, The biggest difference, of course, will be on Instagram. And I will be talking about next month, though, and I'll share as well with you right now. Next month, I'm gonna be teaching a workshop called Run Your Money. And I use this phrase intentionally, run your money, because a lot of people, what I realize, actually let their money run them, right? And so money obviously is one of the most important parts, I think, of our lives. If we look at the different parts of our life, like a pizza pie, like we're looking at money, we're looking at relationships, we're looking at health, family. Money is a huge determinant in what is possible or not possible in a lot of those other areas. And regardless of your income level or your net worth or all of those things, I think the more that you can start running your money rather than having your money run you, then the more your money will be able to grow, the more confident you'll feel around money, the more boundaries you'll have around money, both with yourself, with your friends, with your family, and of course, a potential romantic partner. Um, I think it'll also it'll set you up to be a better citizen of the world because if you're running your money, then you're more likely to be able to give money to other people who who might need it. So what does having your money run you look like? If you think that everything is just too expensive, you can't afford that. And that's just like the first place your brain goes when you hear about just this cost of something or the potential of doing something, whether it's like a coaching thing or a trip or a dinner or a pair of shoes or whatever it is, if it's all just too expensive or cost too much or whatever, then your money is running you. If you feel guilty every time you spend money, even on the necessary things, your money runs you. If you loan people money when you don't have it or when you don't want to, or when you're pretty sure you're not going to get paid back, that is having your money run you. When you live paycheck to paycheck, but you know you don't need to. So I'm not talking about you live paycheck to paycheck because you're doing your best to make ends meet. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know you have enough money to save a little every month, give a little every month, but you're still living paycheck to paycheck because you're quote unquote bad with money and you're not being intentional with money. That is having your money run you. When you judge others for how they spend their money, especially if you either think or know they have more money than you, if you think money is inherently bad or it's bad to have too much, then your money runs you because that's going to affect certain decisions you may or may not make in the future. But when you spend everything, you know, when you get the, when you get your paycheck or when you get, I don't know, like a gift from your parents or when you get a bonus or whatever, and you just spend it. It's like, oh my God, I have a bank account. It feels weird. You just have to like get rid of it. That's having your money run you. If you have a business and you undercharge and that's ultimately making your business an expensive hobby, or you have to have so many clients just to be able to pay your expenses and pay yourself to like just pay your basic necessities, then that is having your money run you. If you don't have a business, but you work for someone else and you never ask for a raise or you never negotiate or you feel bad or you feel like you're being greedy or any of those kinds of things, your money is running you. If you hoard or spend money without tracking it. So if you like save money, but it's just sitting there and it's not, you're not doing anything with it. You're not saving it for a particular purpose, but it's more about you're saving it because you never know, or you need more and more and more to feel secure around it. Like that's kind of how I was. I told you at the beginning of this episode, that's having your money 
run you if you spend your money without tracking it, or if you don't have a goal or an intention or a purpose behind every penny. I talked about this in a few episodes ago on the podcast. Highly recommend that, um, that you listen to that. If you can relate to this, um, your money is running you. If you avoid looking at a big account because it's stressful, or you avoid looking at bills because it's stressful. Gosh, there's so many stories I could get into. But so 2015, I talked about that. That's when I started my business. A lot of things happened to me in 2015. One thing that happened to me is that I was not making a lot of money. And for some reason, there was something about getting mail, like paper mail, <laughs> that just, well, oh, I just, oh, I can still just feel it. I just felt the worst. And so I stopped opening the mail. And one of those pieces of mail that kept coming to me was a bill for my health insurance. And I, cause I, my husband and I were not married at that point. So I did not get the benefit of his health insurance. So I had to go out and buy my own cause I wasn't working for anyone at that point. And my health insurance dropped me because I was not opening the bills and I was not paying those bills as a result. And so then, gosh, like so many things, Jesus. And then I got pregnant that year, even though I was on birth control, ended up having a miscarriage, but I had to go to the hospital. Was it on health insurance? Because I technically had a positive pregnancy test. I was able to get on Medicaid. It was like a whole big thing, right? All because money was running me because I didn't want to open my bills to see them because it would just stress me out because I would see the bills for all the money with all the money that I didn't have, or at least that I thought that I didn't have. And and then, then it got me into this, you know, big, big mess. So if you avoid looking at your bank account, if you avoid looking at your numbers, if you avoid um, your bills, your mail, all that kind of stuff, your money is running you. If you feel anxiety with me talking about this, or you just feel anxiety, with the concept of money in general, or you avoid talking about it, whether it's with friends or your employer or a partner, or like part of you wants to turn this episode off, your money runs you. <laughs> um, all of those things. These are just some examples. I mean, of course, it's not an all-inclusive list. It would be impossible to have that. But these are just some examples of ways that money might run you. So next month, I'm teaching a workshop called Run Your Money. And I'm going to talk about kind of what I've been saying in this episode, like the practical pieces, like, yeah, we're going to talk about, like, how much do you actually need to have? And then how much would you like to have? And then how can you, you know, close that gap if there is a gap there for you? And then how to spend your money in a way that feels great, how to save your money in a way that feels great? Should you, you know, pay off your debt or save for emergency fund first. You do this or do retirement first or whatever. We'll be te- having those kinds of conversations. I'll be teaching you some things to think through. I certainly have some like steps, like this definitely has to be first. This definitely needs to be after that, things like that. But also it ultimately comes down to like how you feel and your preferences and your values. And that's where the other part of the workshop will get to, which is your relationship with money and helping you get to a better place with it. So there's nothing to sign up for right now. The workshop is not available for enrollment. However, if you do want to get on the wait list, then all you need to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money. And that will get you on the interest list. And that way I will know that you're interested and I will send you the workshop as soon as it's available to enroll. And also for getting onto that wait list, you will get two free money meditations. One meditation is to help you with making big spending decisions. So if you're thinking about buying a house or working with a coach or buying, I don't know, an expensive pair of shoes, like whatever it is, doesn't matter. The meditation will help you figure out 
is this something that I want to spend my money on or something I don't want to spend money on? And then the second meditation will, will be to how to feel more abundant, especially if you struggle with scarcity around money. Um, so again, the link to that is veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money. If you're listening to this episode, like way out, I'm this episode, I'm releasing it in March, 2023. If you're listening to this episode, like well beyond that, then that link will still work. And either these two meditations will still be available or the actual workshop itself will be available to sign up. Or if the workshops already happened, we'll most likely have the workshop on demand. And that way you can purchase it anytime that you want to go through what I've been talking about in today's episode. Okay, so to sum up, my podcast will stay mostly the same. There might be some more money episodes from time to time, especially when I'm doing workshops like Run Your Money or anything else. There might be some more conversations around it, especially with the coaching calls or really any of the episodes. But ultimately, nothing much is changing here on this show. The biggest change will be on Instagram. So make sure you do follow me there if you want to be a part of these conversations and also learn with me both the practical and also the um, relationship side of managing your money. And my Instagram is Veronica E. Grant. The link to sign up for the waitlist for the workshop is veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money. And Also, I would really love to hear from you. I feel like I know my ideal client so well when it comes to relationships, because I've been working with you all for so, so long, but money, like I know my own money story and my struggles and all that kind of stuff, but I really want to hear from you. So send me an email or a DM on Instagram and tell me, tell me your money story. Tell me what keeps you up about it. What frustrates you about it, what stresses you out about money, what you feel like you don't know how to do, what you're really good at with money. I want to hear it all. So you can email me support at veronicagrant.com and let me know, or you can send me a DM. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And that's all I've got for you. So thank you so much. I'm so excited. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your questions, all that kind of stuff. I'm really, I'm, I'm like really, really excited to bring this part of my business to life. I, I really do feel just a bring it back home to where I started this episode from. I really do feel like it was that thing that's been under my nose this whole time where I've been feeling like this, what else? There's something else there. What is it? What is that thing? And at least for now, this is definitely it. And I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to teach you. I'm so excited to learn with you because it's just, it's so, it's so important, right? Like, like ultimately we can talk about all these other systems of oppression, but like ultimately money is, you got to know your money. Do you know what I mean? You just got to know your money because we live in a world whether you like it or not, is that the money, people with the money have the power, right? And I personally don't think money is a good or a bad thing. It's just, it's just something that we as humans have given value to, right? Like literally we have given value, like this piece of paper is worth $1, right? Or whatever the amount of the bill is. We as humans just given this thing money. So it's all made up. That being said, people with the money have the power. And so I can't help but think, what would happen if there were more women, more people of color, more indigenous folks, more immigrant folks, like just more people who have had more marginalized roles in society, other than like white cisgender men? What if more of those people had money? And I just can't help but think that the world wouldn't be better off. I just, you know, I don't have evidence for it. Well, I'm sure there are like, micro pieces of evidence. But in terms of like, you know, larger social change, I really do think the world will be better off. And I'm excited to be part of the conversation. And just to do my little part in um, 
you know, in this work. So thank you all for listening. I'll be back in your ears next week with a new coaching episode. And that's all I've got. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.